just brought out a new cookbook. More airy, more light, more mouthy coast. It's such a vibe, isn't it? Hello and welcome to Obviously Good Foodie Friends. This is a new segment of the podcast where we interview everyday foodies about their food story. Today, you're joined with myself, Sweet Libby, and Buttery Bella. Hi, guys. And of course, our very, very special guest, Lucy Samuels. Yay. (laughs) No, excited to be here. A rural pilot, journalist, and an all-around very impressive human. You might recognize her from her days where she was the cash cow on Sunrise, (laughs) or even her time as a prime news reporter. Lucy now resides in country New South Wales, telling stories of people of the outback on her podcast that she co-hosts with Lucy Taylor, Extraordinary Outback Stories. Welcome, Lucy. Thank you guys for having me. It's awesome to be here. No, seriously, we're so excited to have you on the show. Now, I know that Bella sort of gave you a bit of a brief intro of of who you are, but can you kind of tell our listeners, what's your story? You know, what are you doing at the moment? Where did you come from? Give us a little bit more detail. Yeah. So I'm from Dubbo, a regional town, which is, I guess, five hours drive from Sydney. I was born and bred there. Um, there's six people in my family and then we ended up going all to boarding school. So we kind of left the nest there. And then I was the only one out of my family to migrate back to Dubbo. Mm. Um, so at the moment, um, I'm working for my dad who owns a stock feed business. So I guess we've always been surrounded by, I guess, that regional rural sector and agriculture. So, yeah, I work for him, helping him design new bags. We feed like pigs and pets. Yeah, I was going to say stock feed for those of us who are Sydney siders. I wasn't sure exactly what it was, but now that you've talked. Yeah. yeah. So we make feed for, I guess, when the drought was on, we'd sell heaps of cattle nuts to cattle, obviously, because they didn't have any feed in the paddock. Mm. And then a side thing is we're a wholesaler. So we sell, we make in our mill in Dubbo pig food, pet food, poultry food, anything that goes. So, yeah, I'm helping Dad out design these new bags at the moment. We're going online and kind of, you know, pushing him to think a little forward, you know, into the modern day. But, yeah, I think a few years ago ended up getting my pilot's licence, my private pilot's licence. I was a little bit bored in Dubbo, didn't really have much to do. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, what's going to give me a bit of a thrill, a bit of an adrenaline rush? So ended up getting my pilot's licence and it was only last year that I met Lucy Taylor through a mutual friend, actually. And we ended up starting this podcast called Extraordinary Outback Stories where I fly a Cessna 182 when Luce comes with me and we fly to all these outback places and land on dirt strips and do whatnot and tell Uh, stories of people in the outback. Yeah. That concept is just like amazing. Mm. It just gets me every time. Yeah. It's a really great podcast. And we, we, of course, will put the link to the podcast in the show notes so that you guys can make sure you check it out. We have actually shouted it out before on our podcast because we are um, huge, huge fans of Luce's show. But Luce, while we're talking about your growing up and that sort of thing, we're wondering if you could take us back maybe to your earliest childhood memory of food. So is it sitting around a dinner table? Is there some oh. story that you can remember? <laughs> Food, like our relationship, I guess, as country kids with food, we're always surrounded by food, like, and a lot of it. Well, I guess we're country kids. Food was always, okay, if you 
have guests over, you'd always bring out, I guess, scones with mm. cream and jam or, you know, you'd always have, like, Bella, you'd know. Scones and jam in general remind me of growing up and going to your place. Yeah, or just growing up and being in the outback or the country or you'd have a chocolate cake and there was always people. Food was, we always had good relationships with food growing up because we're country people and, mm. you know, it always, you know, you sit around the table, you have good yarns, you have a cup of tea or a cup of coffee and so, yeah, it was always a, a welcomed thing and I guess everyone's surrounded conversation by food. Mm. Yeah. And interestingly with all that, you know, was your mum the cook? Was grandma the cook? Did, you know, did you have that sort of traditional relationship or did dad cook? Did dad no. go for on some days? <laughs> dad, I think it was quite typical that dad was the barbecuer. Yeah. Mm. You know, classic. he was on, yeah, he was the classic countryman on the barbecue cooking whatnot. So mum would always cook during the week. And then dad on weekends would cook the roast or he'd cook the chops and the sausages on the barbecue. But we did have um, quite a few like family traditions, I guess, in in relationships to food where every Sunday grandma would come around. She wasn't a very good cook. Like good cook at all. <laughs> Poor granny, God bless. But she was brought up in the depression, so she yes. cooked very basic food. Yes. Yes. Toast, rice, always burnt it. Like Christmas <laughs> cake. We always yeah. talk about this. Can we please get rid of Christmas cake? Yeah, gross. Fruits, uh Yeah, no. Nah. <laughs> so every Sunday grandma would come around and we'd have a roast and we'd sit around the table as kids. There was all six of us in our family and then grandma and you know, we kind of lived it up, I don't know, with the crystal glasses and the, and the beautiful settings with, you know, the three forks and the four knives. That's so and sweet. Yeah, yeah, you didn't really know what to do, what knife to use, whatever. But we, we made sure that we did that for grandma because that was kind of the generation, I guess, that they were brought up with. Aww. But, yeah, we'd have a roast and all of us would contribute something to the table. So mine was mascarpone with uh, – <laughs> I'm just I'm – taking, I'm taking back mascarpone – which is like a cheese with brown sugar and you, you mix it in and then I'd cook a fruit salad and then you'd have it with mascarpone or Millie would cook, you know, a Wait, cake or something. Sorry, you put the cheese with the fruit salad? Well, it's, yeah. like, it's like a sweet cheese. So if you think oh. about cream cheese, it's, it's sort of an um, Italian kind of version. I mean, that's, that's a very generalistic thing to say, but it's similar. You put it in things like tiramisu, mascarpone goes in there. So it's that right. style of thing. So it yeah. makes sense, but I'm trying to visualise what this looks like. So you've got your fruit salad. Yeah, and then as a like, Instead of cream, you do a dollop of mascarpone, mascarpone with brown sugar. Yum. Yeah, and it's very sweet and very good. I just remember that. I just remember <laughs> growing up and me being the best, you know, person in the family at making mascarpone with brown sugar and fruit salad. That was kind of, yeah. Did anyone have any disaster meals on a Sunday? Always. Oh, I feel like Millie would be the one that would... <laughs> Millie, my sister, she couldn't cook at all. She still can't. You go around and open up her fridge in her house now and she's just got, you know, meal preps because she's, you know, these frozen meals that she buys. Just Healthy she, gal. Yeah, she's a healthy girl. She likes the things in, in proportions and whatnot. <laughs> and here I am still living my best life. So, yeah, no, we're, we're all different. I guess we all had a different relationship with food, but food, it was always good. Yeah, and I guess we also did barbecues, like country people like going mm. out for barbecues. You and- mentioned that as one of the your family traditions you'd go, you know, often out into – I don't know, the country, I'm so, this sounds mm. like such a city person thing to say, no. out into the country, like what does that even mean? But, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, with picnics and that sort of thing, can mm-hmm. you tell us a bit more about that experience? Yeah, when we're growing up, I have fond memories of going out to a farm that wasn't far from home because I was brought up in town on the riverbank. So we kind of had that bushy kind of outback 
I guess, origin, but we weren't from a farm. So we always go out and visit some family friends on a farm and um, we collect rocks for our garden or we like chop down wood, have a weekend of wood chopping in the winter and bring back trailer loads of wood and we'd all sit around a picnic. You bring your picnic rug, your Land Rover, you drive out. (laughs) You can visualise. You can visualise what it was like. And the family used to come out and have a picnic with us and bring out like a little Weber or barbecue and we'd cook up, you know, sausages and chops and, yeah. I guess that was my experience. Did you bring any... Any of your mascarpone treats? Yeah. To the, no, I, to the I don't party? think I did. Oh, I no. don't think I did. Damn. Yeah, it was always dad cooking the barbecue. I remember that. Yeah, yeah like I'm off duty. Yeah, <laughs> going out to another person's place. <laughs> but often when you rock up on farm, there's people who live there have you know you could be working in the sheds or doing something like that and they're always catering for you so they'll come out with their land rover they'll pull down your the the base of the land rover and have you know scones or i don't know sandwiches maybe or sandwiches they'll always have something for you you're always well fed so that that generous sort of situation that we expect from the country life you actually did it's true Yeah. yeah that's really really interesting now it's no secret we clearly know you previous to coming to this <laughs> podcast. So um, for listeners out there who don't know, we went to school with Lucy and Lucy actually boarded with Bella. Yes. Now, Bella's told us all some of the experiences of boarding school, mm-hmm. but I feel like it's a fitting time to sort of get into telling us a bit more about that, particularly that boarding school food. We know it's bad. <laughs> Can you give us, give us some detail? We want to know the juicy detail. Beef stroganoff. <laughs> Rice. Horrible sausage rolls for morning tea, and they were that. They were king size. <laughs> Everything was large proportions and carbs and carbs. A lot of carbs. I was really put off food because of that experience. Mm. Because of that experience, I don't think I really enjoyed food. We just ate a lot, and we ate it quickly. Yeah, yeah. It was more so just less of an enjoyable experience and more. You, you had to eat to fill yourself mm. and then you went back to the boarding house and you still cook two-minute noodles or <laughs> um, toasties or you'd have baked beans on toast during mm. study time. We ate a lot at school. So do you feel like it affected the way you, you know, dealt with food, having all this crap, carbs? Yeah, and- crap experience. I think we didn't ever enjoy eating all that much at at school mm. and I think year nine was a really because I went to boarding school in year nine and everyone had not a good relationship with food because we were developing as teenagers we we're trying to figure out who we were we we're constantly exercising which is great I think a lot of people really develop bad um, relationships. relationships with food so yeah. coming from the country having great relationships with, with food to moving to boarding school being surrounded by a lot of women you're always self-conscious about your body type I think that happens at all boarding schools it was a growth stage with am I for the rest of my life going to have a good relationship with food and enjoy it or not and I think it, yeah I, I don't think it was a I don't think I enjoyed eating as such I think we just did it just because I think we're very lucky that we had that upbringing of a good relationship with food to begin with because Mm. a lot of people during boarding school got caught up in you know unhealthy eating habits Mm. um, leading to you know anorexia bulimia that was always around yeah 
Yeah. Well, you kind of expect that with a group of girls eating shocking food, you know, like the reality of the nutritional sort of content of those sausage rolls was certainly not high. Mm. And so working out how to get that balance, you can just imagine it would be tricky. Has any of that fallen into your adult life, do you think? Ooh, I don't think so. I'm very lucky. Mm. I think during like year nine and 10, I was more aware of what I was eating than I ever have been. I think nowadays I know that if I want to, I need to exercise, I need to maintain a healthy body if I'm going to live a good life Mm. and I need to fuel my body to the best of its ability to work, to go to work, to have the energy to go to work and to actually think of my body as a machine. I want to feed it good things. Mm. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. 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 And I think during school I definitely didn't think like that. Mm. No, it's it, we mm. all have had our moments. Like everyone has a tricky relationship with – or not everyone has a tricky, but everyone has a relationship with their body and food. And, and that particularly that year 9, 10 girls' school thing can be pretty shocking. But awesome to hear that you sort of came through that. I suppose I wanted to hear how that then transformed to – you know, your adult life now, you have your own place in Dubbo. Pretty well amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I know, the most grown up of all in of us Dubbo. here. <laughs> and, and what's your everyday experience with food now? Ooh, like what do I cook? Mm. Tell us that. Okay, so I've got one housemate, Edwina. She preps, she, she's a prepper. She loves prepping for her week. So she'll prep her food on a Sunday. Bryce and I, because we're a couple, Bryce likes to eat a lot of meat. I guess we eat a lot of fish and salmon for dinner. We'll eat chops, we'll eat steak. It's very protein-based. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> good. It's totally fine. There's nothing wrong yeah. with that. We both come home and we'll eat lunch together, which is really nice. It's kind of a part of the day that we Every get day. to spend together every day. Tell us more about that. Yeah, so I'll go to the shops and get a chicken, a barbecue chicken, and we'll have a wrap with some salad or some <laughs> sandwich and we share it. That, yeah. is, that is just something you cannot do in the city. Yeah, because it takes too much time to get home. Now an commute and now back. Yeah, <laughs> we're at like 2 p.m. <laughs> oh, Dal, that was a great five-minute lunch, you know. <laughs> No, but yeah, we spend every lunch together. Mm. Oh, that's so beautiful. And are you the cook then out of the two of you or is is he quite handy? Bryce is a very handy cook, which I'm very lucky. Yes. Because I get lazy sometimes and Bryce will be like, it's okay, I'll I'll cook. I was like, oh, thank God. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But he is, he's a brilliant cook. A lot of, like I said, we're not fancy cookers. We're not anything... You know, we don't really test trial things like spaghetti bolognese with different herbs and spices. Like we can cook, you know, your average spag bowl or, yeah, you know, creamy fettuccine or a nice curry or a, you See, know. That, I think that's quite experimental. Yeah, do you think? For, for Belle, Belle's like, wow, you guys are amazing. <laughs> I don't know. What, are you, what do you guys eat? No, no, like all the same things as well, but it's just, you know, Belle is the, I'm not sure if you've listened to a few of the podcasts, but Belle often cooks us dinner um, mm. when we record on some nights and um, she's learning. It's going great. Yeah. What? I always say, it's not that I'm a bad cook. I just don't like doing it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. See, I don't really like cooking. I'll be honest with yeah. you. And I think that's why I do go to the easy, oh, we'll cook chops tonight with some salad or we'll cook some veggies with a 
you know. Yeah, totally. Mm, I don't know. It's like you put it on the barbecue. That's like that mess done and then just yeah. chop up yeah. some lettuce. And Webbers are great. You all need to get a Weber <laughs> because you can take them everywhere with you. You can chuck anything on it and it's clean in seconds. It's great. Sponsored. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I'm so interested. So we're dying to hear more about your podcast. You meet with so many interesting people. Do you have any fond memories where you've gone to their house and done whatever you've needed to do and then eaten things or drunk things that you probably wouldn't have normally done because obviously the experience is that you you know you fly into these towns you meet these people and in some instances you (laughs) stay the night or something yeah (laughs) i'll be honest with you we eat at a lot of pubs because that's where we find most of our people and so you just rock up we do and find someone so the way that we source our people is by ringing the pub and saying, hey, you're at Silverton Pub or you're at Tibbaburra Pub, who's a good person to chat to? Wow. Yeah. And they, so bold. Yeah, because every pub owner knows their everything. local community and they yeah. know everything about everyone. So we often call the pub first. We often end up arriving, like flying in and organising, obviously, to chat with people. But one thing that sticks in my mind when you talk about that was we flew into White Cliffs, which is an opal mining town, and they live underground. Yes. yes. I listened to this episode. But yeah. anyway. <laughs> and um, we said, hey, Dick, we're coming down to see you. That's his name, Dick <laughs> Wagner. We're coming down to see you and we're flying in. He said, I'll see you. He said, don't worry about it. I'll be here. Anyway, we landed and we saw this car and literally we <laughs> rock up, pull our like little suitcases out and we've got our you know, microphones and set up and off we trod and then he's written this note saying, hey, this is your car, use it as you want for the weekend. Oh. It's yours, this little ute. Wow. So Luce and I hop in this ute, right? And we travel around Whitecliffs and we went to a few opal mining tours and... <laughs> tried to find opals what else did we do uh we went to the pub that night and had a good feast and then we interviewed the next day we found dick wagner and we interviewed him (laughs) um but just i don't know so you haven't you don't necessarily always dine with them one time i remember listening to podcast and they'd cooked you up some dinner or something yeah someone yeah that was terry wheeler when we went out to Rowena, it was late at night. We'd nearly run out of fuel. <laughs> it was horrid. <laughs> I always seem to have bad times out there. We rocked up to Rowena and she had this beautiful platter for us when we arrived oh. and a beer oh. and we just really relaxed into it and it kind of just brought on the conversation really easily. Yeah, People are always catering for us in the bush. <laughs> Just classic yeah. country people. It really yeah. sounds like from your, your experience, you're growing up, that that has been your whole experience, you know, mm. people being generous, you being generous to people, mm. that sort of thing. Does, is that the way that you now, if you have guests over, is that what you do? Yeah. Yep. Everything's on the guest. Well, that's how I like to manage it. It's like if I'm inviting people over, like don't bring anything, I'll supply the beautiful cheese boards and I want people to have a good time. Yeah. Mm. So then we put on a nice dinner for people and then um, we say, hey, if you want to bring your own beers, you can. But Yeah, you know, perfect. Yeah, if you don't want to, then that's okay too. You really want to, I don't know, not impress people, but let people have a good time and relax. Yeah, but then I feel like I've got my mum in the back of my head 
always growing up being like, you can never rock up to someone's house empty handed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then that's their choice, I guess. Yeah. You know, if they want to rock up with a packet of chips or something, then that's fine. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. To and, be polite. No and, sweat. Yeah, no sweat at all. <laughs> now, we're going to shift the pace a bit and we're going to move to a section of the podcast called Hot Potato. So this is a part where we ask you 10 quick questions. They're this or that questions and you just answer as you feel. First thing that comes to your head. Okay. Yeah. Hot potato, hot potato. Hot potato, hot potato, hot potato, hot potato, 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 potato. Sweet or savoury? Savoury. Brie or cheddar? Cheddar. Pasta or pizza? Pasta. Oh. Tomato or barbecue? Sauce. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Barbecue. (laughs) Sorbet or gelato? Gelato. Sourdough or rye bread? Sourdough. Mm. Milk chocolate or dark chocolate? Milk chocolate. Prawns or oysters? Prawns. Mild or spicy? Spicy. Avo toast or French toast? Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Avo toast. Awesome. Thank you so much for that. That was good little insight into who you are, Lucy Samuels. I don't know. I've never really done French toast. I really like Avo toast. You know how some people are just like sweet people in the morning? Mm. I'm not one of those people. I'm I'm not a really sweet person. Yeah, oh, I'm not at all. <laughs> Very <laughs> much so savory. <laughs> now we're going to move through to the next part of the podcast, which is called Foodie Questions. This is just the general foodie questions that we we know our listeners want to know about you. So, do you prefer eating out or cooking at home? Cooking at home. Tell us more. Since I've gotten a little bit older, you get sick of spending so much money going out. Yes. Well, I have heard though that when you do go out, do like to dine well. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I guess when I come to Sydney, I'm like, come on, Bryce, we've got to go to the best restaurant because we don't ever get to do this. So when we do go out at home, often we go out to the Thai shop, the Indian shop. Oh, <laughs> there's not many options. Or we go to the pub and you spend a fortune. And once you go to the pub, you buy beer or you get a vodka. Or you, by the time you end up, we could be going to the pub every day if we wanted to, but it's just like a lot. So mm. I prefer to just stay in and enjoy a meal with my housemates. Oh. So nice. (laughs) And so on that sort of theme, now obviously you don't live in Sydney, but you do come down, as I said, dine well. Mm -hmm. What has been your favourite place that you've visited in Sydney maybe in the last year or so? Oh, there's many. I always like going to Kingsley's whenever – that's a nice place. Nice. Our family always go to Kingsley's and we enjoy a steak and dad shouts us and (laughs) that's kind of That's why we like that. (laughs) (laughs) Cheers, dad. We can't afford it, but thanks. Kingsley's where else have we been oh we've been to some nice restaurants often when I come down I go with um Bella yeah so I love it because (laughs) (laughs) Bea and Libby reined me in with the fancy places so when you come to Sydney I'm like yeah so last night we went to Hotel Centennial and I can say it was quite a pricey meal do you think it was pricey I think it was pricey and not great food Oh, controversial because I've heard great things. So I like that little perspective from you. Mm. Very, very interesting. Now, if we are heading to Dubbo anytime soon, where would you suggest we eat? Yes, I've got a few places. In the mornings, always go to Press Cafe. Press, okay. Mm. It used to be the old land newspaper building. Mm. That's why it's called Press. Oh. Yeah, a little fun fact. Um, And they do very, very good breakfasts, very good lunches, very fancy for Dubbo, great place to have 
people, you know, you feel like you're dining in orange, you know. It's it's yeah. <laughs> a little bit yuppie and we feel special going there. Question, is Dubbo becoming more – so obviously orange is sort of now like quite a rural hub in terms of it being, you know, food, wine, certainly mm. on the top priority there. Is Dubbo becoming that way inclined or is it just too far? I think it's just too far, but I definitely think we are starting to get younger people coming in and wanting to make the place nice for younger people and adults as well who are yeah, dining out. Yeah. There's a lot of migrants coming to the town because they get their regional visas. So we have a lot of Indians, we have a lot of Koreans, we have a lot of Vietnamese, Muslim people. So there's all different varieties of food now. It probably mm. makes the food so much better. Yeah, <laughs> and it does. It makes it interesting. And now we're willing to adapt to different cultures. There's a great Vietnamese restaurant in town now that we, like Bryce and I tested out the other day, that was fantastic. There's a down the lane cocktail bar that has really nice like little nibbly trendy um, cocktail real, bar yeah love really, that yeah good for Davo. we've got two now actually <laughs> definitely changing especially yeah. if i just think back to when we were younger yeah i don't think there was anything no i think you'd only go to the pub to have a meal kind of thing you'd never really go to a restaurant there are some great restaurants there's bellotti's and a beautiful italian place to eat and that's probably where i'd suggest you guys go to dinner Okay. Um, okay. Very, very good Italian and Italian serving you. So the recommendation is Bellotti's, is it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Awesome. All right. So if you're heading to Dubbo, Press and Bellotti's is the place to go. Now, mm-hmm. yep. you were talking about the cocktail bar mm-hmm. down the lane. What is your drink of choice? Beer, wine, cocktails? It's always a red wine. Yeah, red wine gets me every time. Which particular drop? Pinot Noir. <laughs> oh, your girl Bella. <laughs> yeah, I just love it. I don't know why. It's just yum, scrumptious. Yeah. Were you always a red wine drinker, or did you come to that with age? I think I came to that with age. I remember drinking white wine out of the bottle at parties to get drunk. Yeah, we've done that before. And no white- shame here. Yeah, <laughs> and white wine no longer. Can't stand white wine. Me too. I'm the exact same now. Yeah, I just don't like it. So I like red wine. I'm with you on that. Now, if you had one more meal for the rest of your life, what would it be? One more meal to eat? No, just to look at. (laughs) (laughs) What would it be? Something simple that will give me nutrition. Oh, gosh. Really? Wow. See, who answers like that? I know we're not interviewing (laughs) me, but um, I would say things like chocolate. Prawns, mangoes, just things that I love. I love mangoes. Mm. Yes, Pad Thai would definitely be yours. Or like (laughs) lobster. No way. (laughs) No. Yeah, no lobster. Oh, no. This sounds so boring, but I can't get crumbed cutlets. Or chops out of my head. Great. That's just what I'd like. Is that your I fave? Mean, That's fine. Uh, it is. Wow, it is okay. my fave. It's just I love crumb cutlets. I think they're great. Yeah. <laughs> the heart wants what the heart wants. Indeed, indeed. Now <laughs> we're talking about, you know, that, that death row meal. Do you have anything that's like your – like Bryce is gone, he's not there for the night, are your housemates out of the house? What's your guilty pleasure? Like you might be curled up on the couch – it can either be something that's just, you know, normal, like chocolate, or do you have something that you've created, like a mm. kind of like strange combination <laughs> of food that you've put together? <laughs> I remember at boarding school, we used to make chocolate cups. Okay, talk to chocolate me about chocolate cups. cups. Remember the chocolate. I, I think you put an egg, some flour, some <gasps> yeah, cocoa in it, and then you'd stir it in, you put it in the microwave, and then you'd have a chocolate-like muffin. There's certainly a, all over Instagram they did a thing for a while where it was like, you know, the mug cake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so it's like mug cooking cake. a cake in a mug. Yeah. 
I think that's simple, that's... but I don't go back to it. I really enjoy Milo <gasps> Me with too. milk. Me too. Mm. And it's always got to be the right way. What else would it go with? Water? <laughs> Savage. <laughs> Do not pay out our guest fees. <laughs> um, yeah, Milo with milk. And do you do – so I've been known to do a bit of a the wrong ratio where I put loads of Milo and just a dash of milk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. ruins it for me though. When we're little, Edwina and I used to hide in the cupboard and just eat – Scoops of it. Yeah, scoops <laughs> oh. of Milo. But you can't eat it dry, don't you reckon? Oh, well, you can. And Ooh. no. <laughs> <laughs> but now it, the ratio has kind of got to be good. It's got to be like – a little bit over, you know, a quarter maybe yep. of the cup and then the rest of the cup filled milk. with milk. Yep. And then you've got to dig your spoon up to get the Milo. <laughs> and but if the Milo that. floats to the top, uh-uh, you've got to start again. Agreed, agreed. Mm. Amen to that. I think perfect when it, some of it comes to the top and then the rest is still down at the bottom. That's the perfect. Yes, I want to hear our listeners' favourite Milo combination. Mm. So if you're out there and you still consume Milo like a child like Lucy, we want to see it. So, you know, tag us on your Instagram or send us a private DM. We'll flick them to Lucy for sure so she knows what's going on um because I'm interested what's the perfect ratio and like hot Milo no sometimes yeah on oh. a cold night oh I love oh, yeah. hot Milo and sometimes like my nanny used to put in Nesquik as well oh random which is really random so we had Nesquik and Milo Ooh. or she'd buy malt yes how's malt? that go down apparently malt and Milo same okay. thing yeah it's really good well, oh. obviously, because it's sweet. She used to put Milo and then malt on top and then stir it in and warm it up and it'd be a lot sweeter. Interesting. Now, the final question that we want to ask you before we head to the final section is, what do you think is one thing everyone should know about food that maybe you learnt along your journey of cooking or living out of home or experiencing that whole thing? I've got two. Oh, yeah? Okay, one good. is um, life hacks for everyone. Don't crack an egg and leave the eggshells in your cake or whatever you're doing because I was a sucker for that when I was younger. Sorry, talk Sorry. us through how that happened. When I was cooking with some friends when I was younger, I was trying to learn from a friend called Prue <laughs> and I cracked my eggs and left the eggshells in them. And then Just we went, a bit of eggshell or like the whole eggshell? No, a bit of eggshell. Uh. And she ended up getting the eggshell and I've never lived it down. So <laughs> I am constantly going to be the the crappy cook, which is okay because Prue's a brilliant cook anyway. Mm. Um, so that's number one. And number two is don't heat your food up in plastic. I mean, yes, we know this to be a thing. <laughs> but it's a thing. Do, I don't know. Do you have a story that has come off the back of this? No, I just think when you go to Woolworths, all that you see is your vegetables now in plastic. Yeah. Mm. And you drink water out of water bottles that are in plastic. Uh, there's, I think there's been quite a few studies. Well, not that I read. Oh, or is this just studies. a bit of a conspiracy theory that you've got going on? No, yeah. <laughs> I, just, I think it's true. I think she's onto something. I don't think, I don't know how we suddenly became obviously it's easier to package foods maybe in plastics like your carrots and things like that i don't think it's great for you yes I, okay okay uh, so this is the perspective yeah Got it. this is my perspective it's not that you shouldn't it's just like do we know the consequences of what plastic does to us oh mm. i thought you were going to have a story whereby like you were cook like heating up your carrots or something and the plastic just melted around them oh. or something awful <laughs> i mean i feel like that happens to me <laughs> i feel like that might have happened to you one yeah, time sweetie. i can see it in my head <laughs> <laughs> i just think i don't know you're using a microwave and you know i'm told that that's not great for you and then you're using plastic to heat your food up with i just 
it feels like a bad it feels like a bad combo yeah no look i I do it i i do do it but i don't think i should be doing it all right well you you've heard it here on the podcast no plastic in microwaves (laughs) lucy is not having it (laughs) do not let you so we should probably take it to food features and fails for those who are listening at home and for lucy this is the part of the podcast where we discuss a food feature or food fail from our weeks we'll go first so that you understand the concept Mm -hmm. and you can think of one yourself so limbs have you got one for us I do. I've got a really quick, good feature for you this week. Now, Luce, I don't know how many days you have left in Sydney, but if you do have time, head to Small's Deli. I may have already featured on the podcast before. I'm not sure, but it's that good. It's a little sandwich bar in Potts Point, and they do possibly the best sandwich I have generally ever had in my life. I had one three days ago, and you know I don't eat much meat, but it had salami on it, and it was insane. (laughs) Salami, eggplant different sort of like herbs and rocket and things and it was so 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 good they're huge and i was so full after it but i ate the whole thing happy days wow okay and it's called smalls 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 like a small person okay or a tall person but cute cool all righty well i'm actually going to feature the place we went to last night that you were failing before controversial (laughs) here (laughs) i personally loved the food but i will shout out one of the dishes so the prawns now i've never had prawns in my life where i've eaten the whole shell with so they were barbecued no they were just deep fried oh. and it was seasoned perfectly lemon aioli you eat the head and you eat the tail yeah nice eating the head was bizarre you didn't like it loose well i don't think you should eat a prawn head <laughs> no they're, they're some, that's somewhere where the most flavor is that's yeah that's what the waitress was saying but i was like are you sure you know, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. know. If you don't think about it, it, tastes stunning. So that was at Hotel Centennial. Yes, Hotel Centennial. All right. So, Luce, Bella's featured the place that you said wasn't that good. Do you have a feature or fail for us today? Mine's the fail. Oh, Mine's the fail of the last Centennial. Last night. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Whoa, hold back. I'll tell you why it was a fail. <laughs> I just don't think that I want to end up paying hundreds of dollars for a meal that was just chicken and a turnip and some paste. <laughs> it wasn't great chicken. I think, I don't know, it just wasn't anything special. You didn't like the tomato dish either. And I didn't, the tomato dish, when you go to Italy, you know how you have tomatoes with the beautiful cheese mm. oh, and olive oil and bread. It's great. We went there and the tomatoes were really soft and kind of not fresh. I think they've been frozen and then unfrozen. And not ripe, perhaps? They were too ripe. You know when you get the mushy tomato bit? Awful. Mm, Not great. But I'm sorry. Yeah, that's a bit sad. Well, this is great. (laughs) (laughs) Very interesting. So feature from Belle of Hotel Centennial and Fail. Quite balanced, really. I like that. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Luce. It has been an absolute treat to have you on the podcast. It really has been loose, so thanks for tracking it down to Sydney. We'll put all of Lucy's details in the show notes so that you can follow her on Instagram, follow the podcast on Instagram and check out the podcast because we do think it's worth a listen. And while you're there, make sure that you're subscribed to our podcast so that you can hear the next episodes to come. So make sure you give us a rating. A nice one would be great. And follow us on Instagram at Obviously Good Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Bye. Bye. Yes, Luce. <laughs>
but we will be doing our best to bring you exciting new content across our socials. So keep an eye out and until next time, bye.